And the other thing that happened was one day I was walking across the campus and I just wasn't sure about the engineering thing and really direction. And it just suddenly occurred to me, and, it, it, and it, it's crazy that I didn't know this already, but God has a plan. If he made me, if he loves me, he's given me some talents, he wants me to do something with it. And all I have to do is surrender to him and pray and he'll guide me. And in actually that moment, you know, I committed my life to Christ. And to me, it was just totally logical. You'd be stupid to do anything but God's plan. And I already had multiple proofs that my plans were not very good. So from then on, it was like my life changed from black and white to color. Everything had meaning, every encounter, every challenge, every sickness, every person I met. And, and at that moment, I had no idea I was going to be called to the priesthood. Howdy, Beatitudes Nation, and welcome to the Beatitudes. You're here. You made it. Yes. <laughs> My name is Jeff Shufflebine. I'm so glad to be here today with Nick Besner. What's going on, everybody? And Paul Kolker. Howdy doody, y'all. For the Beatitudes, a show for Christian men seeking to grow in holiness and to follow God's will in all they do in their walk with a whole lot of wit, wisdom, and everything in between. That's it. And this gentleman is the launch of season two. Let's go. Wait, 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 wait. I just got to say, we have Father Frogel in the studio. We'll get to know him a little bit uh, later. But Father Frogel, can you believe you're the first guest on season two? I did two? not know that. Yeah. I feel blessed. Well, we needed a blessing to kick this season <laughs> off. Good so evening. We after, had to, after what happened in yeah. the first 50. We, we had to bring in a priest to start this one off right. Yeah, that we've made that mistake with the last one. We're not making the mistake on season no, two. No, <laughs> yes. Father, there's a lot of pressure on you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're expecting to be fully monetized on YouTube after this, by the way. Yeah, our first season, smashing success. <laughs> Let's see what happens today. How long was the season? 50 episodes. Oh, that's quite an achievement. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it also means, gentlemen... The point totals are at zero 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 point oh, yes. zero yes. across all three of us. So That's right. I'm feeling pretty great this season. <laughs> Clean slate, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, you're in first. Yeah, I'm tied. T one <laughs> <laughs> tied for first. <laughs> You know uh, that's how he tells himself that's what he is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's like, all right, all right. It's not that we're all clean slate. It's he's tied for first. Everything I say is, is mostly true. true. <laughs> <laughs> Including that statement. There's, I like to be directionally accurate. And yes. Yep. I feel like mm. I'm on the top of the podium. It's crowded, but I'm up here. Yep. There you go. All right. So uh, we're starting season two. If you haven't watched season one, just press pause. Uh, you can binge watch 50 episodes on YouTube, on Spiritus TV, on the Heroic Men platform soon, and on every one of your favorite podcast platform apps. But you're really doing us a disservice if you don't like, subscribe, share, and comment. Well, and, and I would challenge anybody out there, go back and watch or listen to the last five episodes uh, because there's been some really awesome stories that have unfolded. Uh, of course, there's the competition stuff amongst us, but that's that takes a sideline, of course, to uh, to all the great stories we've heard from so many wonderful people. And, and just join us in that, please. Father, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I had a gentleman that was visiting uh, the school that you and I are both involved in. We're both on the board of the Highland School. But wasn't mm -hmm. it was at like at a social event, but he was there to visit one of the priests that he had known since he was doing some of the youth work. And he finds out I'm on the Beatitudes 
And gets this, he says, oh, I know the Beatitudes. The priest I go to for spiritual direction told me to start listening to it as part of my <laughs> spiritual direction. Really? And I'm like, yeah. And this is my true, honest feeling. I'm floating in, in the lowest level of humility all at the same right. time. Like, how is this a thing that's happening? <laughs> so cool. Yeah, usually we're just given as a penance, but that <laughs> that's next level. That's true. <laughs> well, for your penance, mm. listen to three episodes of The Beatitudes. Yes. <laughs> and oh. tell no one. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> the priest must have thought he needed some cheering up. Perhaps. Yeah. You Thank know, you. Yeah, that's what we hope for. Yeah. <laughs> that is part of it. And, mm. you know, I, I detected an accent. Let's go ahead and introduce everybody to Father Fergal O'Doul. Am I saying O'Doul right or O'Doul? You got it. Perfect. He okay. is alcohol-free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we disowned that branch oh. of the family. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing to do with them. <laughs> Separated out a while back. Oh. True yeah, yeah. Irish blood over cut, here. Cut I love that. <laughs> hey, so one time I, Father Fergal was coming to the house, and I... A long time ago, only had whiskey or bourbon at the house in case a priest visited, because you could always entice him mm. to have just a sip with mm. you. And he was uh, going dry until they got a vocation that year. So it was ah, a sacrifice made right. for vocation, which yes. I thought was pretty cool. We'll talk yeah. about that more later. Father Fergal, um, welcome to the Beatitudes. How are you feeling to be on the show with us today? I feel I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. What did you do to prepare for the Beatitudes? Um, well, I did what I do every morning. I prayed this morning for an hour. <laughs> I got a bit of exercise. I did a bit of work. And, and I arrived early. I'm working on arriving early. Nice. Things. Yeah. Trying to run early. Habit. No, I, I met a businessman recently for a chat. And, um, well, actually, actually, we were going to an event together. And a guy called Doug, you know him. Mm -hmm. And he was going to give me a ride. But he arrived 15 minutes early to pick me up. Like, for me, that's a huge amount of time early. Mm. And I said, <laughs> what are you doing here? And he said, in the business world, if, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. Wow. Oh, that kind of brought about a bit of conversion in me because I'm very good at just coming in there right, 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 in. Right, right on the button, you know? <laughs> you're yeah. the shut the airplane door as you're taking your last step and we're ready to go. I'm always the last on the plane. <laughs> I hate standing in lines. Mm. Let everybody else do that. I'm reading a book or working on the computer, doing some stuff. I'm not trying know. to make any comments about how your size, but you actually fit in those middle seats better than most of us do. I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> actually, recently on a flight, they sat me like where the bulkhead is. Mm -hmm. So no view, no screen, nothing. And I looked at the guy beside me and I said, this is like a really exciting seat. And he, he looked, he had these huge, huge feet and legs, like they were so long. And he said, loads of leg room. <laughs> that meant nothing to me. <laughs> You're like, ah, I'm Swing fine. in your leg. <laughs> An airplane. You strung up a hammock there yeah. and you were just. It's funny. Yeah. It was kind of humbling. I felt insulted. There was nothing to see except this wall. But anyway. Mm. That mm. wall is to remind you that people on the other side are doing really cool things in first class. Uh, could be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. To put all of us in our places yeah. when we're back in coach. Yeah, they're getting those lovely slippers, right? Nobody else gets. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, and that warm washcloth. Okay, I'm going to get really jealous if I keep talking about it. Never never had much first class Well, experience. the thing on the plane is is they, they often say, oh, there's a priest, thanks be to God. Mm. And, and if it's an air hostess, I don't say anything. But if it's the pilot, I said, well, we have to die too, you know. <laughs> 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 and then when I get to know him better, I say, hey, do you want to cut the salary with me? Come on, come on. There you go. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> well, maybe they mean it's good that you're on the plane because, you know, just if they need confession, general, general absolutely. Yeah. You're right. Right? Like yes, the plane's going yes. down. Come on, father. Sure. We yeah, need a doctor. Yeah. No, just go get that guy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All black, white collar. You know him? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Uh, so, Father, tell us, um, well, first of all, 
Where'd the accent come from? So I'm from Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. Real Ireland. Yes. This yeah. is not an act. So that that's that's where I grew up. Um, I'm the oldest of eight kids, um, oh. four boys, four girls. Actually, up until recently, none of us lived in Ireland. People always ask, do they all live back in Dublin? No, there's one one sister in Dublin. I have a sister in L.A. married, a sister in Australia married. She went walkabout. And she fell in love, and uh, she's there now with I two kids. I love the term walkabout. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. She's like, <laughs> that describes <laughs> my career. <laughs> it just sounds so romantic. And it's like hiking. Yeah. Yeah. And then a brother in Slovakia running a business, two brothers in France, um, and a little little sister in heaven. She, she passed oh. away uh, after she was baptized. She was about three, three weeks old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You've, your family is global. Yes. Yeah. Truly, mom and dad are in Dublin, and I, I had a we had a reunion this summer, um, a family reunion after five years. Yeah, uh, we went up to a holiday house in the north of Ireland on a lake called Loch Ness, and we we had a great time. Yeah, beautiful. We only fought once once a day, just once only a day. once a day. <laughs> you fought once a day. Did you do family mass? Did anybody participate yes. with you? Yeah. I know you're doing mass every day. Yeah, no, no, I did, I did. Now they didn't all come, but we we had mass every day and. Uh, one of the neighbors was really surprised to hear that um, because uh, he came up to the house the last night to say to say goodbye to us. And he said, Father, is it, is it you know, he's in the Northern Ireland, you know, where they say, keep the faith. You got to keep the faith. Is it true, Father, that you're saying mass here in this house every day? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I say mass wh- wherever I am. And he said, Father, this is historical. Can I come to mass here with you tomorrow? <laughs> and he came. He was so fervent. He was oh, so wow. was beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go to Ireland with you and be a <laughs> right? part of this. Right? <laughs> mm. It's weird though, because I usually accent you can try yeah. out, Jeff. I usually plead the faith. <laughs> pl- pl- plead, plead, plead the faith. Yes, it's uh-huh. a stretch. Sorry. Continue, please. Father, <laughs> well, did you even catch that? He's pleading the fifth. He won't talk oh, in gotcha. court. I gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a stretch. Yeah. I actually, I usually catch his really good stuff like that. Like ten minutes later, I got that one. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> oh, in in wow. Ireland, is all like it's a very small country, way smaller than Texas, for example. Sure. But there's a lot of accents. Mm. I think it's because people have lived in the same place it's for that so village, long, right? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 um, and they're very, very different, and they're, they're, they're quite a lot of fun. If like you're I, Dublin I, is mainstream, though, you're not like no. Some weird so, so what I speak is not really a Dublin. Go accent. on. I wasn't allowed to speak the Dublin accent because my mom was from Limerick. <laughs> so if I'd come home with a Dublin accent, she'd say, "You're not eating in this house with that accent." So what? So, th- so the Dublin accent is kind of like, "Hi, hey, Mister." Don't look at me, Matt. Look there, I'll burst you. I'll put your brains all over the pavement. <laughs> Whoa, that escalated <laughs> so quickly. But what would be acceptable yeah, yeah, yeah. in a violent... Would that be would be what? okay <laughs> in that family's dinner. Sorry, this is a family show I forgot. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's just, me. That's just how great. they say I love you in Dublin. Yeah. You well, actually, that happened. You didn't use any bad language that I yeah. knew. Yeah, yeah. And what would your mother approve of you saying? Yeah. So that, that was spoken to me when I was on the top of a double-decker bus in Dublin once, and there was, I wasn't a priest or even discerning at the time, and I, there was a very pretty girl that I kind of happened to look at, but her boyfriend spotted me. Mm. Uh, and that was the last time I looked at her. <laughs> <laughs> Father, can I give you, you the, me. The, the Fort Worth version of what you just described? I sure. was in a dance club one time as a young man, <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and I'm walking by to go help a young woman that I know to kind of get out of a crowd that she doesn't want to be in. And a gentleman much larger than me punches me in the stomach. Oh, <laughs> and um, sounds the same. I, Just a Fort Worth howdy is what that is. Yep. And uh, I was like, "What is the 
craziest thing I can do right now that isn't fighting but will win the day. And as I'm doubled over and I'm squinting, I said, is your hand okay? (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, you're such a compassionate man. It worked. (laughs) Turn the other stomach. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Uh, Good one. Thank you. How do you, uh, how did you get, let's just keep going this. Born and raised in Ireland. You're, you're sitting in, you know, Vatican Valley, Las Colinas, Texas right now. Like, so from there to here. So credit to my dad. Credit to my dad. My dad is a very deep faith. Sweet. And which was kind of unusual in his generation in Ireland because, you know, Ireland has this reputation for being a very Catholic country. But in the 80s and 90s when we were growing up, his generation were kind of not taking the faith seriously anymore. Mm. So he, he stood out. And that, that always stuck with me. He, he really didn't care too much about what other people thought about witnessing to Christ. And, yeah. and he, he spoke about it a lot. He, he loved the rosary and he went to daily mass. And, and at a young age, he kind of, I don't know how he communicated to me, but I realized that the Lord was there in the church in the tabernacle and, and I could go and talk to him. And so, so I, I did, like I'd, I'd be going fishing or I'd heading out to meet some friends and I'd stop on the church in the way and, and um, just spend some time with the Lord. So I, I kind of grew up with a very deep friendship with Jesus and I was a very happy kid mm. um then we moved house when i was like 11 12 years old and i made some new friends and they weren't great in where they were morally and mm. and together we we kind of did some silly stuff we i mean i didn't do anything terribly terribly we didn't get arrested for anything oh they got, ar- <laughs> they got arrested once because they, oh. they went down the street once and they it occurred to them take all the uh the names off the cars right so where it says maserati ford you know, they, they just put, took all those and, and they finished. They're going down the whole street. They they were in the car dealership across from the police station. <laughs> and <laughs> the, in Ireland, they call the police the Garda Siakona, the guardians of the peace. So the guard of the peace just looked across the road and he saw these three. Fortunately, I wasn't with them on this occasion, although I was on other occasions. And he just went across and arrested them all. Uh, <laughs> a walk so the easiest. This That's was a kind of, you know, it wasn't a gang. It was just silly teenagers, but... To be honest, I've kind of fell a little bit away from the Lord. Um, you know, one of them shared a couple of books that weren't very helpful, like A Little Immoral, and and that didn't help me. Um, so finishing high school, well, what am I going to do in my life? I asked my godfather, who, who who I dearly love, my oldest uncle, and he was an engineer. He said, well, why don't you be an engineer like me? Oh, sure. So I, I applied for engineering in University College Dublin, and, and I got accepted. But going through or entering, I mean, I had... A lot of good things. I had great friends. I was in a good career. I, w- I was doing lots of sports. I love sports. But there was kind of a sadness in me, a weight on me. And I suddenly began to reflect. When I was young and I prayed and I was close to the Lord, I was happy. Mm. So I, I started to, to pray again. And the other thing that happened was one day I was walking across the campus and I just wasn't sure about the engineering thing and really direction and it just suddenly occurred to me, and, it, it, and it's, it's crazy that I didn't know this already, but God has a plan. If he made me, if he loves me, he's given me some talents, he wants me to do something with it, and all I have to do is surrender to him and pray, and he'll guide me. And in actually that moment, you know, I committed my life to Christ. Mm. And to me, it was just totally logical. You'd be stupid to do <laughs> anything but God's plan. And I already had multiple proofs that my plans were not very good yeah so from then on it was like my life changed from black and white to color 
everything had meaning, every encounter, every challenge, every sickness, every person I met. And, and at that moment, I had no idea I was going to be called to the priesthood. My, my goal became, because the Lord really filled me with such peace and joy, I wanted to share it with other people. And I wasn't very good at it. And actually, it was a bit of a desert in, in university in Dublin at the time. I, I, I couldn't find friends who believed, except for one friend who, um, let's say, he kept inviting me to activities. And I didn't really kind of like him initially. But because he was so insistent, I eventually started going. I think we joined the canoe club together. And then he was in these prayer groups. And I started going to them. And they were great people. And I suddenly realized how talented and fun he was. And But something weird. So he went to Mass, I remember, every day during Lent. And that was really surprising. Because all our other friends in as freshmen were just drifting away from, from the church. But that summer one of the leaders in their prayer groups came over here to the U.S. and he went to, for some reason, even though he was Catholic, he ended up in a Bible college. And it was, it was a little bit anti-Catholic. So he came back with this, this kind of narrative that actually the Catholic Church was uh, the whore of Babylon mm. and the Pope was the Antichrist. And half the people believed it, all these young people. And my friend, he became a born-again Christian. And I was looking at it and I was thinking, but, but I believe... You know, I actually found myself in these meetings defending the papacy, defending the Eucharist, speaking out for the Blessed Virgin Mary, and I suddenly realized, good grief, I believe all this stuff, <laughs> but, but, but I don't share it with anybody. Yeah. I remember w one night we went out for beers, and, you know, John, we were still hanging out together, and he was trying to evangelize the guy behind him, beside him, and I was trying to chat up the girl behind the counter, and I sort of looked, and I said, he's coherent. I think he's kind of lost the plot a bit, but he has more sincere love for Christ than me because he's trying to share with everybody. So then I kind of sort of went on a mission to find a group of people who are Catholic, shared my beliefs, and did that. And it wasn't that easy. After, in my last year in, in college, I had a difficult time because I got, got very sick. I got bronchitis, pneumonia. And I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of lived it up a little too much the first three years, and I was kind of banking on the last year to knuckle down and <laughs> pull it. And I was ambitious. <laughs> I wanted to get a, get a, I actually wanted to be first in the class. But after Christmas, I had no energy. I, I like I was sleeping like 15, 16 hours a day. Whoa. And I'd go in like for the last lecture. My friend would give me his notes. I'd photocopy them. I'd hang out for a while with the friends. And then I'd go home and I'd crash again. And I might get in an hour or two of study in the evening. So I, I actually started to get really worried. How am I going to even pass? And if I don't pass, what will I do? I can't live at home forever. But I got the idea into my head that Lent, I guess I remembered John from freshman year, if I go to Mass every day, I think things will work out. So I started to do that. And two things happened within 10 days. The first thing is all my energy get, came back. Hmm. I really believe I was healed receiving the Eucharist. Oh, gosh. Wow. I, love it. Yeah. wow. I, I mean, there was nothing else had changed in my life. Yeah. And the other thing that happened, which was far more important, is I fell in love with the Mass. Mm. I mean, when I listened to the readings, it's like, that was written just for me. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And, and when I received the communion, um, it was like Jesus was saying, Fergal, don't worry, it's okay. It's going to work out. It, things, things, will, things will get better. And they did. And actually, I, I fell in love with the Mass so much, I would actually go twice a day sometimes. I'd go cycling in the way, I'd stop at church, and then go again in the evening. And then I made a promise to the Lord at that moment in my life, uh, last year at college, I guess it was 2021, I'm going to go to Mass every day for the rest of my life. Wow. And I still had no idea God was going to call, call me to be a priest. Yeah. 
um, I had this idea. I remember I read the life of Frederick Osnum, who founded the St. Vincent de Paul Society, because I, I was a member afterwards. And, um, you know, he was a university professor. He was, he was pretty smart. He, he loved to share the faith. He was in apologetics. And, and then he started to take care of the poor because people challenged him. You Catholics, you talk a good talk, but you don't help the poor. And, and he was married. And I said, that's me. You know, I, I, I'd like to go to college and maybe become a professor or something, do something like that. So that was kind of what I was looking at. But then as I started working, I kind of realized, uh, you know, I, I'd be in the factory. I worked in a cement factory. It was the second biggest factory in Ireland. And when the kiln stopped, you were probably losing about fifteen to 20,000 pounds an hour. And I'd be called in on the night shift to fix the kiln with the fitters. But I get talking to the fitter and be more worried. Why is this guy so miserable? And this guy, why is he cheating on his wife? And this guy, I mean, he's just he's just so bad with everybody. And I was more worried about them than the machine. The kiln of their hearts. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that happened was I joined this group called the Legion of Mary. And there were young people like me. And we would go on missions. Like we went up to Belfast. And this was during the Troubles when still there was bomb going off and everything. And we would knock on every door and share the gospel. And we never... Well, we had some scary experiences, but we, we all came home safely. But what I found is when I did that, it just set a fire in my heart. I just loved talking about the Lord and inviting people to come to the Lord. So um, I was getting more and more involved in that. And then w one, one weekend after Christmas one year, actually, we, get, we gave up a whole week to do a mission. And uh, the lady who had hosted us that morning, we had, we had gone around kind of a poor part of the town together. And she knew everybody, and they all knew her by her first name. And I realized, what, this, this woman is just very loving, very charitable. And uh, that night, I was beside her, and I was kind of a little bit in awe of her, and she suddenly turned to me and she said, Fergal, did you ever think of being a priest? And my first thought was, she's nuts. If she knew, <laughs> if she knew what I've done and where I've been, and, and I, I'm not, I can't really speak in public, I couldn't at the time, and... But at the same moment, I realized the Lord was speaking through her. Yeah. Partly because she she was a holy person, a prayerful person, and she, she knew she loved priests, and she knew she knew what that meant. And I went I went home after that mission. I was singing in the car. I think I was so filled with joy that the idea mm. that Jesus Christ could call me to be like a missionary, like Francis Xavier or Ignatius of Loyola or, or Vincent de Paul, I was just overwhelmed with that. Because I knew I was totally unworthy and totally unqualified. And yet I just, I, I couldn't doubt that call. But then, then the, the thing I said was, well, I, I've actually, I wrote to my mom later and I said, you know, well, I, I moved to the, the U.S. around that time, a few months later. And actually when I was, when they offered me a job in the U.S., I said to myself, yeah, that pagan country. You know, I still, because <laughs> my, my image of the U.S. was Hollywood, right? So yeah. that was it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off and all that stuff. So, so, Amazing. <laughs> so I thought it'll put the vocation to the test. I don't give this advice to anybody, but I said, <laughs> if it's still alive after a year, well, I'll, I'll take the vocation seriously. And I also asked the Lord, uh, um, I think I need a few more signs. So in one year, I got seven really clear signs, like... Actually, before I even left Ireland, I was, uh, I was visiting an old folks' home. It was my Legion of Mary work. And we were going around with the, the sick people, the old people, just to cheer them up, pray with them. And I went into this ward, and there was, there was a man who was younger than everybody else, but he was very ill, I could tell. And I, I could see he was really angry. And I was thinking, I don't think I want to talk to this guy. 
And then I realized, well, that's why I came, right? I came to cheer up somebody like him. So I went over and I reached out my hand and I was kind of sort of saying, hello, my name is Fergal. And he, he pushes himself up out of the bed and he points into my face and he says, you're going to be a priest. And then he fell back and his eyes closed and I began to think, oh no, I think he's just died. <laughs> it's his last <laughs> testament. I got out of there so fast, but I, I had multiple experiences like that. But which, I mean, wow. a, story, a story like that sounds wow. kind of maybe over the top and kind of crazy and well, you couldn't say no to that, but actually it was just part of the journey I was on and sure. it just became to feel more and more right mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do and, and um, I wanted it at the deepest level. I wanted it. Later on in Ireland, yeah, I, I did a little bit of vocation work and that, that was the most important thing for young men. Do you want to be a priest? Do you want to give your life like this and live this life for Christ? Yeah, and I know we're going to cover some of that on the bonus show. You are <coughs> part of a religious order. That's what you would call it, right? The Legionaries of Christ. Can you talk about the connection into there? And sure. for those people listening who don't know, what does that even mean? So we're, we're part of a religious congregation, um, like, you know, the Jesuits, the Franciscans, the Dominicans. We have the Cistercians across the road. Uh, uh, we're, we're a much younger congregation than most out there. We were founded in 1941. We were founded, founded in Mexico. And the, the way I, I met the, the order, um, you know, when, when I, was, I was in the U.S., when I really realized, okay, I, I, I God is calling me, and I'm gonna, I want this, and I'm going to say yes. So I thought about going back to, to Dublin to join the diocese because I actually didn't really know any order priests. Oh. Um, and I, I interviewed for the diocese and everything, and, and I was kind of in, in, that, in that process. But I had to come back, finish out the work. Uh, and April of that year, I, I gave up my work because I was decided I'd actually been offered a place back in Dublin in the seminary, but I just didn't really feel that convinced by it. And I was doing uh, some pro-life work. We, we used to go outside the abortion clinics in Albany and Troy, New York, and we'd, we'd pray the rosary there, and, and we'd try and chat, you know, chat to the girls that were, that were, that were turning up. Um, and through that, I met, I met, um, I met, met a couple, and uh, we actually went out to dinner one night, and, and they were talking about um, the partial birth abortion bill. I, which Bill Clinton was taken out. That was like 1993, I think. Um, and we wanted to put, uh, we wanted to do a campaign in Albany against this bill. So we said, well, let's 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 put an ad in the in the Albany Times Union. So somebody said, you need about ten thousand dollars to run that for a couple of weeks, and we didn't have a clue. <laughs> I don't know if that was possible, <laughs> but they all looked at me and said, you can raise the money, Fergal. And thinking, how can I raise the money? Go and talk to Father James Vaughan in Troy, New York, and he'll let you speak in his parish, and you'll get all the money. Okay, so I went off and... <laughs> Sounds simple. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, I, I was a young kid. I mean, who, who, who do you think you are? And, and Father very charitably just ignored my request. But he told me about the congregation, the Legionaries of Christ, because he'd gone to visit them about two weeks before. Because we have a novitiate in Cheshire and Connecticut, so he, he'd gone down to kind of check it out. I, I suppose in a way he was maybe looking for a place where he could send, send um, young guys who were, who were discerning. So he told me about it, and, and I was very impressed. They said there's a great love there for the Pope and, and for the Church and for the Blessed Mother, and, and they're all young guys, and they want to they wanna save souls. So I thought, uh, ah, that'd be a good place to do a retreat. I wasn't really thinking of joining or anything. So I, I went down, um, and curiously enough, when I called them up, they said, yeah, come, come, come this weekend because the founder is coming to visit. And I thought, well, wow, the founder's coming. Didn't mean very much to me. But anyway, I arrived, and he did arrive the same night. And what happened is because he was there, and, and at the time, we, we were mistaken, but everybody thought he was a living saint. Mm -hmm. So everybody came from all around the U.S. So there was probably like three or 400 
young men. There was 150, 200 seminarians there. And, and all the priests who were working, doing mission, they all came to be with him. He gave his conference, which is very impressive. It was a super conference about, you know, the, the way the modern world had kind of overwhelmed the church. And, and it was hard to find a solution and a way of giving the gospel to young people, which is exactly what I was looking for. And he had, he had, a, he had a plan for that. You know, he had a movement and he had missions and ways of doing that. So I was, re- I was very impressed by that. But also, um, I just didn't feel like pulled to it. But I ended up staying uh, on my second morning at breakfast. This this tall Irish priest from the same town as me in Dublin, Dun Leary, says, Fergal, you should stay two weeks and check this out. And, and I was going down to New York to volunteer with, with the Catholic work, worker movement. So I had a commitment. But on the Tuesday night, I kind of canceled it because um, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, just stay here and, and check it out. And I kind of interrogated everybody. I found out all about the history. Uh, I found out why other people joined and, and how that happened. And then I, was, it was, I ended up staying two weeks. Nobody sent me away because they were hoping <laughs> I would join, right? <laughs> That's a one-way ticket. <laughs> um, but it was kind of time to move on, and I was all on my own one night in the chapel, and God just put on my heart. I mean, he didn't speak to me, but I, ju- I just knew it. I was made to be a legionary of Christ. That was in 1993, and that has never left me. Yeah. And I still love it. And we've been through some, some pretty difficult moments in those years, and, uh, but th- that, that just gave me, gave me just such clarity about the Lord's plan for my life, and, and, uh, and I love it. I love it to this day. It's beautiful. Well, and it's very obvious, too. I mean, you have been through <coughs> a lot. Uh, I think any priest that's been doing this, as long as you have, has probably seen a lot. But, of course, the Legionaries of Christ going through their own uh, drama with the founder but that spirit is very clear with you, and everybody who meets you feels mm. it. Um, I hear it from everybody in town who gets spiritual direction from you or who's from all over the U.S., and they just know that I'm part of the school that you're a part of. Mm. So uh, you do have a, a major gift. I would like to take a break and maybe give you a chance to give a gift to one of us in the form of points as we play a little game. Got well, it. Blessed are the joke makers. Uh, Father, mm. they should inherit how many points? 93? Wow, we're starting off. Starting off. It was a big year for you, 93. Yeah, so I can award out of 93 points. You can award 93 points to one of the three of us. No, split, you must no split, judge. splitting, yes. You must judge, and uh, hopefully you will just uh, judge just, just, just. There we go. How does this there work, we Paul? Well, so we've got a character card and a Catholic card game card, and as the character, we have to respond to the prompt that is in the Catholic card game card. So and impress you. Yeah, we have to we have to try <laughs> to take on whatever this this Win. persona is and uh, and answer this prompt. Can you do another just really quick Irish accent so I can get my tune right? Sure. <laughs> That's so it's not a <laughs> harmony. <laughs> so I can figure out. Can I get a G minor Irish? No, you're just going to shake your head. G no. minor Irish? <laughs> I can tell you. All. Do you want me to tell you a joke? I can tell you a joke if you want. He needs, he needs to figure out how he can offend as yeah, much of yeah. Ireland as possible. Did you, do you know the one about the, um, the two Irish workers? So no. they, they, they arrive at the building site and there's no shovels. So they, they call their supervisor and they say, Jimmy, Jimmy, what are we going to do? There's no shovels there. And Jimmy says, well, will you lean on each other till they get there? <laughs> we lean on each other until they get there. Nailed it. That's what a shovel is for, right? A shovel is for leaning on. A that's shovel. Right. That's, that's right. actually, I'm not. It's cool this. that you're from uh, the fastest growing city, though, in Ireland. 
Because it's always oh, doubling. That's, that's yeah. correct. The classic, you got it. Classic. <laughs> he started to gun yeah. jump. Yeah. Yeah. He got pumped up. He knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Real, we keep jumping. You're yeah, here we go. So character card and then the prompt. So we're back. All right. Here we go. So the character is as a diehard conservative. <laughs> I think I just added that one back in. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, the newest Catholic podcast talks entirely about blank. <laughs> so meta. Talks entirely about the new world order and how how the Lord is is ushering in a new era. That's all I got. That's all I got. Gosh, I wish it didn't have the word Catholic in there. This is <laughs> I know, right? The newest Catholic podcast talks entirely about white rabbit trails. <laughs> this sounds like conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Close oh, enough. That's it for my whole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Disney's in on it. Mm. <laughs> um, the newest Catholic podcast talks about, uh, it's going to be great. It's the best. Uh, this is a really horrible Trump impersonation. He has his um, job down. <laughs> absolutely the best. This is absolutely the best. And the, the, the newest Catholic podcast talks about, Oh, I lost my train. <laughs> y'all, y'all gonna stop. <laughs> All right. I would just like to chime in here. I'm not a diehard conservative. I'm on the other end of the spectrum, but I wanted to say you're doing a great job. You're the worst. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fact. Uh, Father, you can actually take the points. You can yeah, just give you them to yourself. yourself. Nobody you can, here is gonna feel yeah, weird if you do that after sure. this one. I'm fine yeah. with that. <laughs> well, well, I think we'll give it to Paul this time. Fair enough. Yep. Yay, Paul. Thank you. I, have, like, I actually have my music. What? Welcome to season two, where Paul starts off with an early lead, 93 points. You can see Paul's twinkle in his eye as he kind of hijacked Nick's, uh, <laughs> Nick's old gig. But he's not afraid to hijack. That's what the conservative in him does. <laughs> That's right. Die hard. Another day. That's what it is. All yeah. right. Well, Father, for being a celebrity judge, I'm maybe one of the worst versions of this we've ever done. Well, maybe it just it was it was a tough one. It's the best one in season two. It is. <laughs> Damn, you get setting the bar true. low. That's true. Socks from sockreligious.com. You can go there and get your own socks for ten percent off by throwing in the thing slash and then be added dudes mm. the url <laughs> is that what you meant by thing the <laughs> no, thing the is the slash, slash at oh, the end yeah. oh okay soccerlogist.com slash, thing slash be added be added dudes. and uh we're giving you your very own saint patrick's oh wow <laughs> <laughs> See, i didn't know there was such such a sock uh, yeah. i thought you were gonna say such a saint <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure he was uh, aware of saint you Patrick. know this yeah. guy's irish and well that's debatable. Okay. Yeah, actually, he, he went to Ireland. So. He was a he grew Rome, up in life and luxury Britain. in Britain. Yeah. And then he Britain. was kidnapped from his family's estate and sold into yeah. slavery. I just remembered all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you remembered it off the, the most back famous non-Irish Irishman in That's the world. That's it, yeah. Right. That That's just him. blew my whole yes. Irish worldview wide open. There you go, all right, right, well, go get your own pair of socks, and we'll see you right after the break. Thanks, y'all. The team at Aquinas Wealth Advisors believes that good values and good returns are not mutually exclusive. Using a tech-smart and morally sound approach, they provide investment alternatives that align with Catholic teachings without sacrificing returns. These days, 
Faith-driven investors are finding it hard to know where their money is going. They have no visibility into what their dollars are supporting, but there's a better way. Thanks to the Faith and Finance Score from Aquinas Wealth Advisors, you can look into your current holdings to see what you're supporting and make a switch to an advisor that aligns with your values and gives power to your voice. Check out AquinasWealth.com today. Hey y'all, this is Jeff Shufflebine. When Nick and I set out to start our new company, Undivided Life, we were really concerned about how would we cover the healthcare needs of our growing families. And we were so excited to find a company that fit both our medical needs and our faith beliefs perfectly. It's called Solidarity HealthShare. It is an ethical alternative to traditional health insurance. We're never part of sharing in the medical costs of anything that goes against the teachings of the Catholic Church, making it a great alternative for Catholics and Christians alike. Solidarity is very affordable, which is perfect for a large family or for a new and growing business like the one we've started. So visit joinsolidarity.com today so that you can get started with us. Hi, it's Paul Kolker from the Beatitudes here, and I just wanted to share with you guys that I also, outside of the show, perform improv comedy on a regular basis with a group called Divine Comedy. So what we do is we come up with everything on the spot, so whether you're looking for faith-filled, fun, family-friendly comedy for your youth night, or whether you're looking for clean comedy for your corporate event, Divine Comedy can perform for your group and even get you in on the action. So if you'd like to hire us to come out and perform for your next event, check out DivineComedyImprov.com. Divine Comedy, an inferno of fun. Welcome back to The Beatitudes. We've been sitting here with Father Fergal O'Doul. Is that correct? Did I say that right? You got it. Alcohol-free. He gave it up for more vocations. No, wait. That was somebody else we were talking about. No, that was me, too. Oh, that was also you. Wow, very you should cool. give it up for the yes. success of but The I'm Beatitudes. Back on. I'll give it up <laughs> for Father Fergal. Right? Yeah. yeah. Give it up. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean and, and he's Irish, right? So, you know, that's... Bigger sacrifice. That's a big sacrifice. Yeah, for yeah. an Irishman. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, but we, we, we've had a wonderful first first half of year. We're going to dive right into our TBD question. So that's the Beatitudes deck, so TBD squared. And we're going to ask this question today. The question is, what is a gift of the Holy Spirit that you have been given? So share a gift that you have been given of the Holy Spirit. Now, this can be gifts, uh, the, the more obvious gifts from Scripture, but we also have, there's a whole charisms inventory uh, charism meaning it's a Greek word for gift. So being gifted to to build up the church in a specific way. So what is maybe a charism or a gift of the Holy Spirit you have received? Father, are you feeling it? Question to me. It's for all three, four all of right. us. Yeah, we're all going to We share, all jump but, in, but, but we're... go for it. Well, uh, on one occasion, uh, a few years ago, I was asked to preach to my brother legionaries. Uh, so I was asked to give eight days of spiritual exercises, which I'd received every year, more or less since 1993. But I w- it was rather daunting request because they sort of heard it all, right? And some of them had preached to me. Uh, and uh, but and I was very busy at the time, but I, I, I took the challenge. And about three days into it, um, actually, the priest I mentioned earlier who told me, hey, you need to stay two weeks and check this out. He comes in, he knocks on my door, and, and uh, he's really super excited. And he says, Father, I figured out your gift. And I said, yeah, well, what is the gift? It's the way you preach. He said, you see, what you do is you tell a story, 
and then the story breaks open the scripture, and then mm. you just leave us with it. So that I didn't really wow. know that, but That's that cool. that was the way the preaching was going. I I and and I'll I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare all the preachings, so some of them were kind of coming to me 15 minutes before in the chapel. Um, and, and I realized, yeah, he's right. I, the Lord gives me a story. I remember something that happened in life, and then, then I connect mm-hmm. it with the passage of Scripture, and then I give them an idea to, and, and they go away and pray. And yep. it was just really, I felt really it was all led by the Holy Spirit. I love that you told us that by sharing a story about it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like, that was perfect. There you go. I go to Father Fergo for spiritual direction, and you actually do this in spiritual direction. We'll be talking Mm. about like some Rolling Stones writer, Uh and then you hit this pause, and it's like you go through this inventory in your brain, and then you either quote scripture 90% of the time or some writing about scripture the other 10% Mm. of the time. And so you're always, again, cracking it open with that that story sharing. That's awesome. Maybe I'll jump in. I got a story to share. This is going to sound like the strangest setup, but. um, I like to talk about this conversation a lot, but I recently had somebody give me a compliment similarly that was given to me about a gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul, it came from your mom. What? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> At the last Coppell show for a uh, four-day weekend, you, both your folks were out in the lobby. I gave them both a big hug. And your mom like squared me up in like the coolest, like, you know, I like intense, you know, Yeah, like she had something important to say. So she squares me up and she's like, Jeff, you have the gift of presence and it is very important and you're using it very well. And I was like, you're doing it to me right now. <laughs> but it, 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 I came and I told Nick, I was like, it was one of the most affirming, like cool. Mm. I didn't see it coming moments because it wasn't like part of a normal conversation. So thank you. Thank you, Paul's mom. Yeah, she'll love she'll love hearing that. She watches all these YouTube episodes. I've seen She's the like, statistics. We have a female viewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is our one. Yes. Uh, but you can subscribe at YouTube.com. No. Well, you should yes, tell you, them what it is. Yes, you can. It's YouTube.com uh, at the underscore Beatitudes. It's ridiculous because, because the... The word Beatitudes, obviously, is way more important and popular than Beatitudes. <laughs> so be. far, so far. So if you search for us, it'll just show you those results. Yeah. <laughs> so if even if you put the and then underscore Beatitudes in the search, you'll find us a lot more easily. I just did yeah. that today. It works. Oh, so. well, this is not one of our gifts is being found online. No, <laughs> no, but just throwing it out there. Okay, but but I'll, I'll continue. I um, the, the gift that I have found, and I've even, I had this affirmed through doing something, uh, it was the charisms inventory but Mm. i forget who the there's some institute or something that actually Mm. publishes this and there's a whole list and is it the catherine of siena Uh, yes yes i think that that's it there we go it's great it's good oh it's it's beautiful yes so i i highly recommend it um i actually did it when for the short time that i was in seminary it was one of the things that i did and it just helped me to kind of figure out what i could lean into and and then maybe what i could not uh not get discouraged about because it's like, well, maybe that's just not my gifting. Maybe Mm -hmm. I focus in these other areas. So the thing that I found though, was one of the top ranked ones was encouragement. And so, Mm. um, and and then I've seen that play out in a, in a couple of different ways because another one that was up there as well was, um, intercessory prayer. And so it's really been interesting to see how it's played out sometimes because, and I, I don't know how to explain this other than just you know, God moving, but the Holy Spirit, (laughs) yes. 
that's that's the weirdest part. But there will just be times, and I'm not saying I've always uh, responded well to these promptings. Sometimes I get selfish, or I'm in my own you know mind or in my own lane, and I'm just like, no, whatever. That's just a thought. That's a passing thought. But when I've listened and I'm more attentive, usually because I'm praying more, praying better, those kinds of things. Um, like this actually happened when I was living in, in the Addison area, there was a guy across the street from where I used to go to, to exercise. So the gym that I would go to, and I just saw him kind of, kind of hovering around this bench and he didn't look like he was distraught or anything, but I just had this sense, like, I got to go talk to this guy. Mm. And I feel like the Lord wants me to. And I was like, now, is this just me, you know, being, <laughs> being in my head or like thinking that I need to be some sort of savior complex kind of thing? Or I was like, no, no, I need to at least go try. So that was one of the times I listened. I walked over to him, started talking and I can't remember every detail of what we talked about, but I remember him having some like family stuff going on and just the, um, the need to talk to somebody about stuff that was going on. And there was one moment, this was when I knew the affirmation was of, of God's working was that he said, he was like, are you a guardian angel? Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. I was just floored. I was like, no, but I felt like God wanted me to talk to you, which is, I, I don't know how to explain that. And, um, and yeah, and it was just this wild moment and it only lasted maybe five, 10 minutes, but it was just, you could tell it was this thing that he just needed somebody to talk to. Well, maybe it was his guardian angel <coughs> that, that helped to prompt you. Well, you know, sure. like, possibly. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, we're yeah. called to be wow. God's That's hands awesome. and feet. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying I do that yeah, all yeah. the time or that mm-hmm. I even always listen if there are those moments, but there are just times when it's like, man, I feel like that person needs something. Yep. And so that's where I feel like the encouragement really. You took the risk. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it is a risk, right? Because sometimes people might shut you down and maybe they just needed to know, maybe they just needed somebody to reach out, even if you don't get the feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that time happened to be a positive feedback moment for me, which is a nice affirmation, but it's not a guarantee. And maybe, maybe the seed of somebody reaching out is all they needed. But yeah, I just, yeah. I had to, had to at least try it. So that's awesome. Yes. Dude, that's so easy to go next. I appreciate that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my gift is I'm pretty good at check, checkers. No, my gift is probably optimism. Um, nice. Like, yes. I don't get deterred by that. And, you know, I don't have the, I don't know. There, I don't necessarily have a story like coming to mind. I just know that. Like, I know yeah. that no matter what happens, like, I'm glass, glass half full kind of guy. And um, generally, People aren't always that way, and that it's. I find that curious. I, yeah. If I describe you, and I think about what you're 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 saying here, yeah. I describe you as somebody who has a docility to the Holy Spirit, which I think mm. produces itself as optimism, because there's a lot of times that things are just happening, and you know, the world or in business or whatever you might say that's either good or bad, and you seem to be pretty much like, this is cool. This is what we're doing. This is next. That didn't work. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think yeah, it's just you know you can get discouraged in life, right? Mm-hmm. Things happen, yep. but like, what can you do about it, right? If it's out of your control, like, well, and how does discouragement help you to to evangelize, anyways? I mean, right. I think there's joy in optimism. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that's right, and just always continuing like thinking like, hey, what are the things that I can control? I'm through that. I I don't know. That's kind of how it manifests, I guess. Yeah. Well, you, and you do have a disposition, I think, of just a persistent hope. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that even if, okay, that didn't go well, then just keep acting, keep moving. Yeah. Keep as going. long as I keep taking the next steps, yeah. something God, God will bless. 
That right. is a great gift to have. Yeah. Yeah. So many people need to encounter that joy and hope. There's a lot of gifts being shared at this yeah. tiny table. And speaking of sharing, Father, what are the chances that your family in Ireland is going to listen to the Beatitudes now? Well, are uh, we going to be international? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if I share it. <laughs> oh, so it's like, I, well, I, think, it. I think he's like holding us hostage. Yeah, like, no, no. <laughs> better be yeah, good. You better like, make me look good. How many more pairs of socks are you going to send <laughs> my way? <laughs> no, they'll be pretty, they'd be pretty mad if I don't share it. So <laughs> oh, going nice. out here, I'll, yeah. Okay, we'll that's good to hear. With them. Well, we'll uh, listeners in France and Australia. Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Oh, it's just Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Czech. Because that's it's we not don't know European <laughs> history. Yeah, it's not 1996 anymore. Well, he's moving to Portugal, so maybe it's be Portugal by the time I share it. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I've memorized that Nations of the World song from Animaniacs. You, but that was in United, United States, States, Canada, Panama, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador. Oh, you really did? Oh no, the whole thing. That is awesome. All the nations. Yeah, but they changed since the nineties. <laughs> sure. And <Yeah>. I didn't. <laughs> so I do have a limited scope. It's not a PC list anymore. No, no. no. Revise it. We might get canceled for me singing that. I've got the fifty United States in alphabetical order from that song in nice. elementary school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this the the uh -huh. Animaniacs gets a little crazy. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it does. No, I know, but I love how that was your kind of <laughs> outro on that topic. <laughs> well, yeah, the Amanda Maniacs gets a little crazy. It's a little crazy. <laughs> I don't think we're ready for that. Father, uh, we're going to come back with you on the bonus show. We're going to actually talk about vocations, the call to vocations, and we're going to encourage people to pray for and to seek their vocations. But we thought that today's reverse Simpsons, where we end our Monday episodes mm -hmm differently than every other episode we've ever done that we would take advantage of that wonderful rich history and accent of yours and your ability sure. to break open into something special. <laughs> Could you give us an Irish blessing sure. or prayer to of finish course. today off? Yep. You can tell I prepped him. He's like, sure, got it. Yes. He's right. I mean, his hands up. He's right. Okay, here we go. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind always blow at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face. May the rain fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may the Lord hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. 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 St. Patrick. Pray, pray for, for us. St. Maximilian Colby. Pray, pray for, us. for us. And all of you out there, pray for us. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't discerned it already. <laughs> All right. Flashing lights. <laughs> Flashing. Like, like, these oh, guys obviously geez. need this. I thought we were getting pulled over. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have been stealing the names off of cars That's this right. entire time. That's what the, if you didn't catch anything today, that was this whole episode. That was a takeaway. Yeah, you'll get arrested if you do that. Don't do it. Don't, so don't. In front of the police station. Well, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, at least consider your surrounding. corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, well, we'll see you around the corner. And in the meantime, we will also <laughs> see you in the Eucharist. God, God bless. bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.